Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Ladies and gentlemen, I hate to do this. I know you're sitting down there, you have a bottle of champagne, a pack of tissues. You're all ready to cry, alright? This was meant to be the final regular episode of Blank Spank. And unfortunately, Jamie Jones, Jamie Loxton has made me a liar. We came out last week, we gave our word... And our word turned out to be worth jack shit. That's right, this gravy train is going on for one more episode. We're going to do one proper episode to talk about lockdown. This ain't no Borat 2, everybody. You can't just go through it quickly. Instead, we got to do an entire episode about lockdown. That's right, it's full of some sweet, sweet content. Jamie's going to give us the inside scoop from filming in London. Uh, London during the coronavirus. It's going to be a fun time. Let's make Jamie relive the worst of lockdown. And then uh, next week, after Jamie has been traumatised, we'll talk about the career of Anne Hathaway. Um, Thank you very much, Al. Normally we take the uh, cold open here to do like a fun bit, uh, but your bit was just some clerical announcements, (laughs) some administration duties that we needed to clear up. So yes, we did say that this would be our last last regular episode. Um, I feel like there might have been people who missed the last two episodes, so I need to to clarify even more for them. Um, So to let people know, of course, we've come to the end of Anne Hathaway's career. This is the last Anne Hathaway film we will be reviewing for now. And we are not taking that opportunity to move on to another... um, uh, actor's filmography or a director or anything like that uh, we are just carrying on reviewing Anne Hathaway's um, and Tom Hanks's entire IMDb so these episodes will be coming uh, less and less frequent so we said we would have a big hurrah locked down summarize Anne Hathaway's career um, but uh, but we're not you're gonna get one more week of us uh, and then probably immediately after that an episode about the new Tom Hanks movie that's coming out in like two weeks time so we've done this big setup you're gonna be hearing less of us uh, and you are going to be hearing an incessantly same amount of us over the next few weeks uh, but I'm sure you're all ready and excited for that uh, so we may as well get on uh, with this absolute mess of a podcast and say hello Welcome to Blank Spank Season 2, The Hathaway Stash Away. I'm Jamie Loxton, and with me as always is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al! I think we should talk about, in honour of this movie, our favourite lockdown memories. What was your favourite lockdown memory, Jamie? Uh, see, why didn't you start with that? You could, you oh, that would have been start- a good bit. Yeah, that, that would have been, been a good opening bit that would have made sense for the opening of the podcast. But instead, two minutes before we started recording, I told you, hey, what about if we split this up and did the review? And clearly, clearly you're like a, a golden retriever where only the last two things that were said to you remain in your Jamie, memory. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Like the prophet Moses, I have to speak the truth. I am compelled to speak the word of God and what the God in this case is the uh, schedule of the podcast. Um, you know, the, people might not like the truth, but it needs to be said. Uh, okay, so lockdown memories. I mean, <laughs> Al, which one? <laughs> there were like four of them. So, um, lo- I, I'm trying to decide whether to answer this uh, question sincerely or whether to come up with, um, you know, a joke. But I don't have an answer for either of those at the moment because <laughs> the whole thing is just sort of blurred in my brain. Um 
I've played a lot of board games with my family, uh, and surprisingly, that's the bad <laughs> memories part. Um, because, uh, as I learned, uh, my dad is almost obstinate in his uh, deliberate <laughs> attempts to not learn a game. <laughs> I, he, my dad is not a, a, a stupid person. He's a very intelligent man. He absolutely has the capability to <laughs> learn these games. But for him, board games apparently are just having the most money that's that's or it doesn't really matter what the the purpose of the game is having the most money was the most important thing this this turned up quite difficult in a game like isle of sky uh, which the whole point of which is uh, you can you get you get uh, tiles in front of you which you can buy for certain prices you place how much you want to uh, buy it for but when it's revealed someone else could buy it for that price but my dad would just put one coin down every single time. He's like, well, I don't want to spend any money. I want to have the most money. I'm like, yeah, that's not how you win the fucking game, dad. Um, and then uh, it, it all came uh, to a beautiful head when uh, I discovered the game Villainous, uh, which is an asymmetric board game where everyone is playing different Disney villains with different goals. And King John's goal is just to have a lot of money. So I found the perfect game for my dad where we could all play a game where we were doing something different and he could just carry on earning as much money as he uh, as he'd wished uh, can you tell that my dad's a tory anyway um, <laughs> so uh those th- those were uh key lockdown memories that came to mind for me uh al what about your lockdown i i i was uh oscillating between flat shares in vancouver at the time uh hiding from uh, a really weirdly really farting uh uh flatmate uh, who I, he, he just, like, I really fart assumed really it was going to be like a dog at, like, or midnight. something. No, no, no. He would just like fart at midnight incredibly loudly and just like, sit there and be like. Mm. <laughs> um, so uh, my, my favorite memories, uh, Frozen 2 coming out on uh, Disney Plus and me hating it. Uh, I was like, Aww. wow, Frozen 2 sucks. Not as good as Frozen 1. I I went to see Frozen 2 in the cinemas, actually. It was probably one of the last mm. things I went to see at the cinemas. Um and I don't know. I I didn't I didn't think it was as good as Frozen One, but I I liked it. I thought there were there. Were, I I will always remember watching the seventies rock ballad in the cinema. That was that was a genuinely very That's, good fun here's moment. The thing. That is a there's one good moment in a movie about a depressed snowman. All right. Ooh, <laughs> do I want to see depressed snowman film? No, thank you very much. I got that weird Sia song, which is like the. You're, you're just gonna wait and until we... November and then jump out in the snow, and then you'll be able yeah. to recreate it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else coming to mind about uh, particular lockdown memories? I I want I ate like twenty nugs and an extra large pizza, which, which to be I felt very sick, but you know I'm impressed that I did that. Nice, nice, nice. If, if, I watched if, Cats. Uh, no, that's like Cats was the highlight of my lockdown. I watched Cats for the first time. I'm very sad that I couldn't have seen Cats in the pre-release version. I really think they should release the pre-release version as a DVD extra. <laughs> like, this is how we released it in cinemas, even worse than what you're seeing now. Uh, another lockdown memory that comes to mind. It's not really at all specific to lockdown, but you were talking about watching movies. Um, uh, I famously, in my relationship, my uh, girlfriend uh, really loves period pieces. Just, just loves period dramas, love period rom- romances, and Jesus Christ! If I ever see a man in a ruffle on screen, I fall asleep immediately. So, with there, there is a little bit of tension <laughs> with regards to uh, finding things to watch. Obviously, we have loads of things that we do like to watch, but you know, generally, you should still 
indulge your partner and watch the things that they like sometimes even if you don't like them um and i i'm not particularly great for that because it's a bad experience for for both of us because we put on a period film and then i don't like it and then she gets angry with me for not liking it and so it's a it's a very difficult time however we were sitting down to watch david copperfield uh, and this felt like more one I might get on with, a little bit more lighthearted, a lot less people staring at each other all the time. Um, and so I was, I was keen, and I was watching the first hour, and I was, I was keen, I was involved, enjoying it. And then something that I've discussed on the podcast before, um, just through a vague side conversation that me and Ellen were having, I discovered that I had aphantasia. Uh, which is uh, the inability to picture things in your mind. Uh, and I immediately started having an existential crisis and spent the next 45 minutes of the movie Googling aphantasia and freaking out and freaking out. And so even in the best possible opportunity for me to uh, please my girlfriend and enjoy a period piece, uh, she got so angry with me because I did not watch the second half of that movie at fucking tall. I could not tell you how that movie ends, even though it is a very famous book. Um, so uh, yeah, another lockdown memory. Nothing to do with lockdown, but I wanted to tell the story because I'm a self-indulgent prick. Um, but Alexander, don't you remember... Of course, when you got locked down and the only thing to do was to steal from Harrods. Obviously. What else would you do when you are locked down? Of course. Uh, Jamie, I stole from Harrods remotely. I I financial crime stole from Harrods. Uh, (laughs) It's like, it it was really interesting because it was just like a really long purge day. But a purge day where everyone feels motivated to stay in the house. So everyone was committing financial crime <laughs> the entire time, which is great. Um, yes, yeah, so we are going to be discussing uh, a film, Locked Down, uh, which, through that allusion there, um, might be representing a slightly different uh, version of uh, people's lockdown memories uh, than you perhaps uh, experienced. And also sometimes seemingly rich people trying to think what the paupers did during lockdown and you might get a couple of that here and there um but before i give you information about lockdown i would like to uh, just read the the first sentence on wikipedia locked down is a 2021 romantic comedy heist film directed by doug lyman and written by stephen knight now alexander at this point i would like to discuss with you Uh how valid criticism is based on expectations whether it is valid to criticize a film based on what you were expecting going in jamie here's what i want to say i think we have two very different expectations here in that that read up all right okay i think you have i think you are thinking of uh doug lyman uh who directed like the born identity i think uh edge of tomorrow american made which is a movie i like a lot um Mm -hmm. I, I, I like a lot of his films. Uh, you might even be thinking of, uh, you know, Stephen Knight, showrunner of Peaky Blinders. You know, fantastic. In fact, Jamie, I'm thinking of Doug Lyman, director of Jumper, and Steve Ly- <laughs> uh, Steve Knight, sorry, the writer of Serenity. Yes. Why did the, they bring him I, back? Uh, Why? Why did they I, well, bring him back? <laughs> I was I was going to, to it is interesting that Anne Hathaway has chosen to work with Stephen Knight again uh, but actually not you you focused on a different part of the sentence than I was uh, referring to uh, I was actually referring to um romantic comedy heist film 
How valid is it to criticize a movie based on what kind of movie you are expecting it to be going into it? Well, this no, is no, a genuine. This is a genuine okay, question. Okay. I'm ge- I'm genuinely so asking you. How valid is argument. it to criticize a movie based we, on uh, okay. what you're expecting it to be going we've, in? We've had we've had this argument, not an argument, conversation for when it came to uh, uh, obviously colossal. A movie colossal. You yeah. thought was a straight drama with weird turns into comedy. But, yes. Which was, I think, more trying to go for a very black comedy kind of thing. I drama. agree, but if I that was their intention, that if I'd done any research on the movie, I would have understood. Sure. Here, my issue is that not only... This isn't just Wikipedia calling it this. If you watch a trailer for this movie, it makes it look like you will very much get the expectation that this is a light-hearted rom-com heist film. And dear listeners... That it is fucking not. It, it, I will go through the plot description of this when we get in when we go into discussing this movie, and I will point out how little rom. Actually, no, wait, quite a lot of rom, but not weird rom. rom. Um, very little com, and goodness gracious, I will be marking how far in we are in the movie before the fucking heist is even mentioned. Yeah. So. I, the, expectations is a very interesting thing when it comes to this movie. Sure. Uh, but let's give a little bit more uh, context about it. Of course, you have already referenced uh, the, the creatives behind it, uh, but you have not referenced that this film was made on a dare. Uh, <laughs> Doug Lyman and Stephen Wright Knight were uh, just sort of chatting one day in lockdown and they were like, <laughs> you know how everyone's having a terrible time and everything, people are dying and shit. What if we just, like, tried to make a movie? Wouldn't that be weird? Like, what if we just tried to write and direct what and we... film a movie in pandemic? Wouldn't that be fucking mental? What if, what if and we that's it? the lives of our workers because <laughs> they need the money? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that's literally it. They were like, oh, wouldn't it be fucking mental if we were able to make a movie during lockdown? Uh, and thus... Um, this film was made. It was shot over something uh, ridiculous like 18 days. Only shot over 18 days. Um, it stars, uh, of course, Anne Hathaway uh, with Chiwetel Ejiofor. And we're going to get it in. Number one. First time his name is mentioned. Yes, I went to his school. I'm going to mention it throughout this because I think he's fucking great in this. Um, uh, Chiwetel he Ejiofor. He's Yeah, yeah. He's fucking yeah. great. I, I, Academy I Award winning Chiwetel Ejiofor. Well, I guess we're the Academy Award winning you know, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. But uh, no, he's great he's always a good he's good in every single thing i've ever seen yes exactly um and i'd love to see him in more stuff like this which i'll discuss as we go through it um it also has uh quite a large supporting cast we have ben stiller lily james uh stephen merchant dule hill jasmine simon uh and mark gattis and uh mindy kaling and ben kingsley and you might be thinking what the fuck they made this movie in the pandemic how did they get all those people well here's dear listeners Here's a fantastic little hack. If you set your movie in the pandemic, everyone can be on Zoom screens. Because that is how literally every single character that is not our main two characters appears in this film. Uh, which is also how it was filmed over 18 days. So yes, uh, we, will, we will point it out. But um, yeah, many of these people are just over zoom uh, and and there, there are only, there are no camera shots of ben stiller in this entire movie the only shots of ben stiller in this movie are recorded internally in his own laptop with terrible audio um but i it, i i, I, yep. I want to say i want to throw it out right here 
I much prefer actual recorded bad quality zooms being presented as zooms and calls and stuff than I do very high quality green screen being put into to be a yeah, video call. That's fair. Um, that's fair. I think I, I, I agree. I think when it, it can pull me out of it a little bit when someone is like holding up you can the, the camera is like they're holding up the phone but the quality is absurd um that that can pull me out of it i just mean you could very easily um just obviously not now but in any other situation you would have normally also had a camera in ben stiller's house and filmed him from another angle but uh, that is all besides the point. Uh, it, it makes sense for the uh, situation in which they were making it um, and is a clever-ish way of still getting in um, uh, a huge blockbuster cast uh, for this. Um, it also was made with a budget of only $3 million, uh, which when you don't have to hire any cameras, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's quite easy, actually. Um, uh, and having been announced in September uh, 2020 and then filmed over 18 days, I believe around October, November time, uh, it was then picked up by HBO Max and released in January 2021, which, to be fair to them, they made their thing of like, what if we tried to make a movie in the pandemic? And they did do it. They managed to get the quick turnaround, and it's yep. te- technically I mean, a a movie that is it, it's it's. I'll have criticism of this movie. It doesn't look like other than the zoom uh, stuff. It doesn't feel that, like it, a really low budget movie that was only shot in eighteen days. No, no, I, I, there are elements of it which feel very um, uh, remind me a little bit of something like Rachel getting married, which is to say, like you know, it's very handheld. It's very uh, or. or it's very indie movie shot in a way, but it does yeah. look like a good indie movie shot in a way. And there are bits of this movie which made me think, wow, I'd like really like to see Anne Hathaway and Churchill Leslie Forth in a good rom-com. Oh, like, yes, directed by so much. good adult, like, I don't, not Bride Wars. I don't want Bride Wars. I don't, this isn't a monkey paw thing where I'm like, I want to see Anne Hathaway and Churchill Leslie Forth in a uh, rom-com and I get the monkey paw goes down and I get Bride Wars too. Bridezilla's yeah. attack. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I also yeah. think, um, uh, you know, yep. maybe it's not hugely surprising that, uh, as it turns out, people will uh, work and risk their lives during COVID. Um, you know, <laughs> not, maybe not hugely surprising. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm just most interested in Anne Hathaway getting this pitch and being like, "Yeah, I'll just fly, I'll just fly over to London and film, film a film. Why not? That seems like a reasonable thing to do right now." Jamie, you forget um, but, that lockdown was the first time that uh, a lot of celebrities at, were bored in a very long time, and I deeply, I deeply believe, <laughs> like, like you, because you, you heard this about them, you saw these photos, like this was clearly the Gal Gadot thing, or they were locked up, not being able to do shit, and they were like, "Fuck, this is depressing. I need to get out." And so I think when she was offered it, she was like, "Fuck, this is depressing. I need to get out," and fled and fled yeah. the country. Um, um, and a week. I... That's, I should that's say, overly, I think, that's I think, overly harsh. That's overly harsh. <laughs> uh, I think I do want to one, mention one thing, which I think my favourite COVID hack they did uh, was uh, Dule Hill and Jasmine Simon uh, appear in this as um, uh, Chiwetelejiofor's half brother and sister. So they are a married couple, yes. and they were appearing on Zooms together. And I was like, oh, that's that's weird. How, how do, that's the only other time we've seen anyone other than our main actors, you know, be on 
be physically close to each other. And so I looked it up and they are indeed married in real life. So the way they were able to do that is because they cast a husband and wife to play a husband and wife. And I think I like I think that's funny. I think that's a nice little way of getting around. Well, shit, we need two people to be on these Zooms together. Guess we're just going to take people who are already married. Um, uh, it does create a slightly confusing thing with accents um, about why yeah. Joe Telegio 4 is the most cockney bloke you've ever seen in your life. Um, and then <laughs> his, his sister. is very American. Yeah, his sister is just completely fucking American. And I know your accent can change a little bit, but uh, nah. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, that's that's the sort of behind the scenes on this movie. Um, before we get cracking into the plot, of course, we need to connect this movie to our erstwhile season one star, Thomas Jeffrey Hanks, by virtue of the game Six Degrees of Separation. Uh, just before we started recording, Alexander, I told you that I hadn't really figured this out, but I know which movie I'm going through. Uh, do okay. you have one? Um... So while I sort of try and muddle my way through um, it in my brain. I, I, I will also be muddling my way through. There's the easy way of doing it, which we can't do. Okay, what's the easy way of doing it? True to Legend of Fourth stars in Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange stars Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Yeah, he is. He plays Mordo in that. Um, huh. And he, so that, that you can go from there all the way through to uh, Avengers and the, then to Tom Hanks. Fire, yes, yes. Uh, so we, we have said that we wouldn't do um, Avengers stuff. Now... I'm thinking I was going to go through Chiritology 4 to Love Actually. That, oh. I think, is going to open me up quite a lot. But I don't, I don't remember. I'm very bad at this game. And I don't, like, I don't think there's anyone in Love Actually that's been in a movie with Tom Hanks. I don't think. Um, I mean, you've got Liam Neeson. You've got Hugh Grant. You've got Colin Firth. Bill Nye. Martin Freeman, uh, Andrew Lincoln, Kara Knightley. I'm January throwing about there. Is January Jones in that movie? Yeah, January Jones plays the uh, blonde one at the bar when Colin goes to America. Yes, you might be right. And January Jones, I uh, think, is in a Tom Hanks movie. I'm not quite sure which one. Or, no, oh, surely Laura Linney's in a Tom Hanks movie. Laura Linney. For yes, Laura Linney is in Tom Hanks movie. Laura Linney is in... Um, uh, Sully. She is. Thank you very much. There we go. We 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 worked our way through it. I knew I knew Love Actually was going to be our, our key in. So of course you go. That to was that was a good one. I, his, here's my attempt. Yep. All right. Chutelaji Fourth obviously wins the Oscar in twelve. I've got Al. It's going to annoy me. There is no th on the end of his name. It's it's been annoying me the whole time. It's just Edgy Four. There's no th on the end there. I don't oh, I know if it's if this is a Scottish thing. Oh yeah, no, it's 100 percent eat, eating four. away. Sorry, but that, it, it's a hundred percent edgy four. Um, uh, I apologize. Um, no worries, but that, that but of course, having gone to the same school as him, uh, I am personally yeah. and deeply offended. No, I'm also. Would you would you like really, would you like really to tell edgy four fun fact? Sure. While you while you think, his nickname uh. in the drama department at school was Chewy, like Chewbacca. That's that's it. That's the that's the whole fun fact. Cool. <laughs> cool. Right. So, um the I think I might have this one. Uh no, okay. I definitely have it. So uh yes. It's uh that Chutel Ajifo stars alongside Lapita Nyonga in Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. Lapita Nyonga stars in Us with uh Elizabeth Moss, who also stars in um the West Wing, alongside Bradley Whitford, who stars in uh, the uh, oh. uh, post. 
Oh, the post. Also, and also saving Mr. Banks, I believe. You also saving Mr. Banks. Um, very, very good. Fantastic. So, Al, it is your favourite part of the show. I will, I will cede to you. This film begins, as all good films should, with the entire world shut down and locked down. That's right. <laughs> London is barren. Nothing. I, There's nothing. There are hedgehogs out there in the I do hate to you, Alexander. Garden. Did you happen to watch this on HBO Max? Yes. So this film does not begin like that. This film begins like all good films should with a trailer, which is what I've learned happens on HBO Max. And this, I want to be clear, this is not a trailer that like on YouTube will play and then you skip the ad. It's in the runtime of the movie. It's part of the movie on HBO Max is having this trailer at the beginning. I was very confused by this. Um, but yes, after a, 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 tra- a 45 second trailer, uh, you do indeed get uh, lockdown. Uh, and you get, uh, in fact, it, the, uh, according to the cast list uh, that appears at the end, the first uh, appearance is the hedgehog named Sonic. According oh to man, what list. great hedgehog! How <laughs> many hedgehogs do you think are called Sonic though? Like just like Sonic oh, and yeah, Tails. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit played, played, isn't it? I mean, come um, on, guys, get some better fucking names for, for hedgehogs. I, I do right? like the idea of calling it's, your hedgehog Tails, who is a squirrel. <laughs> is Tails a squirrel? Honestly, Tails look, here's my issue with the whole Sonic franchise. You got Sonic; he's a hedgehog. Tails yep. apparently is a squirrel. I don't think he's a yep. squirrel. He uh, has a tail. You got Knuckles played hedgehogs by Idris Elba. Um, Knuckles, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's an echidna. echidna. That's a Knuckles What's an echidna. echidna. That I have no exist. clue what. That's I, made up. I, I, yeah, an echidna is a thing, but I also agree. My only knowledge of the echidna is from Knuckles the Echidna. Uh, yeah, an echidna and then you got um, Amy, who has a big hammer. Kind of like a porcupine, it looks like. Oh, serious. Yeah, it kind of looks like a porcupine. Um, Doesn't look there nice. There you go. No. Oh, it lays eggs? Whoa, okay, that... You, whoa, okay, that has made me very confused. Uh, <laughs> that like cannot be true. That cannot it's a be true. egg-laying mammal. What the fuck? Oh my god! Can you imagine Idris Elba just fucking? Sk- the next movie egg. opens and it's him just squeezing out an egg. He's like, I need an army, and he shits out an egg. <laughs> oh um, goodness. Anyway, so yes, movie opens. Uh, we have Sonic the Hedgehog, and then we have immediately my first issue with this movie uh, which is Chiwetel Ejiofor is on a Zoom call with uh, his uh, brother-in-law Dulé Hill and his sister um, and uh, he he's he has like firstly no one in this movie really talks like a real human being he pontificates no, no. a lot um, they talk like they're and, in serenity they talk like yes. they're in serenity which is not um, good so yeah Chiwetel Ejiofor but, like he, they ask him oh how's how's uh, how are you and, and Hathaway and he's like Oh, to make a convenient lie or to tell the deep depths of truths and risk making an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. I'll go for convenient lie. Yes, we're absolutely fine, darling. Um, uh, but he reveals that uh, they were about to break up and then went into lockdown. So immediately, yeah. Alexander. That's and, and in fact, in this conversation, he also vaguely references uh, that they, oh, they might be like this for two weeks. So clearly, this is slap bang right at the middle of like beginning of lockdown right this is right at the beginning and 
everyone. I'm sorry. I've lived through this. Yeah, you lived in that. Everyone is acting like it. it's like four months in and they've all gone insane. Everyone is mm. acting like immediately, as soon as lockdown, they're like, well, time to go cuckoo, man, which just didn't fucking happen. Like, it sucked. It absolutely some, sucked. But they, some they're people, all I do acting think like when... they've been degraded. That's true. Some people did go a little bit weird right at the beginning. Again, I'm going to reference all the way back to the Gal Gadot video. So clearly some people lost their fucking yes. minds. Yes, um, which to be fair was like 10 As we know from the house in this film, they live in a really fucking affluent area. Oh, um, ridiculously affluent. We will also talk about that because <laughs> there, there are some inconsistencies about yeah, how there's some, fucking there's massive inconsistencies, And maybe Anne Hathaway is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Yes, uh, yeah. And... and Another way, not so. Let, let's just get into it because we normally go through this chronologically. So Anne Hathaway is a CEO of some company. Yeah, I, she's I, like the regional director of like a high-end events and jewelry company. They like I don't, don't own I don't Harrods, know what but they, they do. But he's she's the CEO of the entire like European branch. Chiwetelegi for is a truck driver. Yeah. And they are living in a clearly just like like a four-story house in yeah. like Kensington. Yeah, it's so she must be earning fucking bonkers money and oh, yeah, yeah. it kind of just gets down to my I get that they kind of reference it that oh she wanted a bad boy. But why the fuck is Anne Hathaway with Chimatelachi for in this movie? I'm well, sorry. I, 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 think the, I think the better question are two things. Uh, one, I want to say that it looks like it might actually be like right next to the house that um, Fleabag's dad slash sister live in. Uh, in uh, Fleabag, it's very much that kind of vibe. Um, and like, yeah, to to own that kind of house, you would have to be making. I'm gonna say at least, uh, you know, three to five hundred grand a year at least, probably easy, more, probably easy. more. Easy. Especially if you're and paying it entirely it's, by your like, yes, not, because not, he can't afford be, it because he's a truck not, driver. Yeah, not slagging off truck drivers. Like you make money, but, but it's, like, it's very explicitly not, said not that he's in house money. Yes, and he's. Uh, it's very Why explicitly he... said that he's not earning a lot of money because of his criminal record. Like it, yeah, it is. Like, it is in the text that he that is, is not what, earning a lot of money. That is why I'm then like, why doesn't he just either work at it? Because he seems not like the job anyway. So why doesn't no. he work in a like he doesn't need the money, so why don't you work for a charity or yeah. why don't you yeah, just, like, yeah, well, not work? He's, like, he, he's got a gorgeous sugar mummy. Like what the fuck's going yeah, on? Um, Go write some poetry. Uh, do some courses. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he gets off the call, but again, it he, he's talking about how horrible lockdown is and how how tense it is in in the house and how awful it is. Again, as far as we can tell, it's been like a day. Like, fuck's sake, man. Get it together. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, we then get uh, Anne Hathaway on a call with um, the sister. Uh, she's being like, hey, I heard about you guys. Now, I personally, I, I mean, I, I get that sometimes, you know, the, the siblings become friends with the in-laws and whatever. I, I think it's a little bit weird that the sister is calling Anne Hathaway at this point, to be honest. They're not related. Um, they've Didn't become they friends, fuck? but... Oh, yeah, they, they have... They they fucked. Yes, we do also find out later that they have fucked previously. Um, that's, also, it's not... She's not his sister. They're, that's the... That's, the brother is the, the relative. No, the brother is the brother-in-law. No, at least according to uh, Wikipedia, Julia Hill is the half-brother. 
that is incorrect. Jamie, I want to stop for a second, all right? Yeah. I, I, I have... It would, I would be so much more mad if someone fucked my brother than if someone fucked my brother's wife. My brother doesn't have a okay. wife, hypothetically Wait. speaking. I, I am almost certain that, like, the first... I... I'm going to rewatch this movie right fucking now because I'm fairly sure the first no, thing Dooley Hill says. Dooley Hill talks about the... Oh, no, he does say half-brother. He does say half-brother. You are right. I am wrong. He is half-brother, not brother-in-law. I am sorry. Um, you fool. You fool. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, yes, we do learn from this conversation with Anne Hathaway and, um, uh, and the half-brother's wife uh, that... Uh, they apparently fucked once in the past. Um, Anne Hathaway is yeah. like, oh, you know, it didn't really mean anything. And then she's like, we came to orgasm. Um, so, uh, and for some, it, this isn't really a plot, but it's vaguely mentioned. It's, it doesn't really, it comes up like one other time, but this girl seems like she might still have feelings for, for Anne Hathaway and might be keen on, um, uh, and like accidentally says, I love you as they hang up. It's very weird. Doesn't really yeah. come up again. Um, so we dive into it. Uh, so, uh, 10 minutes into this movie, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor tries to kill himself. Uh, fun, happy yeah. rom-com lads. Let's go. Um, okay. yeah. so yeah, he, uh, he walks out to the, um, we, we get like a minor little, uh, scene of, uh, him and Anne Hathaway, like crossing paths, um, in the house and it's awkward, but he's got, he goes out to though. the. Yeah, he goes out to the uh, garage and Hathaway comes in uh, and he's on his bike and she says, why is there a tube in the bike? And he's like, oh, I was just taking a picture, sending it to my mate, oh, saying uh, how uh, how horrible is lockdown. Again, look, I don't want to diminish anyone's feelings that they may have had that it was a really sucky time during lockdown and I'm sure it severely affected many people's mental health like it affected mine. It is day fucking one, Jim, to let you fall. <laughs> That is, like, that for is, God's yeah. sake. <laughs> Come on, remember that first day where everyone was like, oh, I can play board games or I can make bread. Like there was... Yeah, some... we're, we're going to work from home. Um, yeah. And it's and like I'm sure there was many hardship with people like losing their jobs that would have had much more economic uh, uh, anxiety and effects on their life. He does not have that issue. He's living with a is, fucking sugar yeah. mummy. But um, isn't it anyway, so that the day yeah. before they had a massive fight? So the day before... Yes. It started. So I, I think it's that, like, they've been locked down for, like, two, two or three days, all right? And they had a big fight yeah. the day before, and he's like, nah, lockdown isn't worth it. Um, yeah. Um, at this point, she's, they, they... She's like... He he laughs it off. He's like, no, I was just I was just taking a picture. But the 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 the, the text tells us he, he's just like... Um, she says, have you got keys? And he says, no. And I think that's supposed to be the, the key and that, no, absolutely. It was, it was not uh, a pretend. Um, that evening, Chiltel Age 4 goes out into the street and reads poetry. Um, because... Angrily. Now, Jamie, Jamie, yeah. you were around uh, during the lockdown. I'm sure we remember everyone's favorite yep. part of lockdown when people banged their pots and pans for... Yep, uh, for the NHS, class. which they do, re- they do reference in this movie later on. Yeah, yeah. Um... One, uh, do you think people would be receptive to a poetry hour? Uh, no. People going out and no, poetry no, into the streets? No, not at all. Not even slightly. I think that would be an extremely weird thing to do. Also, I think it just... I think it speaks to a, a misunderstanding of just how people live that he, anyone would even notice. That's my thing. He goes out into the street and starts shouting, and I just don't know that that many people would notice. Like he I, can't. He's he's not. He, he's not got a fucking loudspeaker. 
No, but here's my thing. London has a lot of uh, front-facing, uh, like, sitting rooms. It, so especially the posh areas, they definitely have their, like, sitting rooms right by that front window. So if all your posh people are sitting right by that window, you know, listening out for foxes in the night, you know, they've got their ear pressed to the window going, oh, what's Marge <laughs> down the road doing? They'd hear perfectly. But only in those circumstances. And more importantly, in um, London, I, I think you'd be more likely just to have everyone open the window and go, fuck off! Yes, uh, to be to be fair, you know, very very affluent neighborhood. Maybe they're all they're all poetry readers themselves. Mm. Uh, but we do get a couple, so we get like one person be like, "Oh, fuck off, mate!" And everyone else is like, "No, we love him. He's the star of the movie. We must like support his poetry, the arts." <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah, he reads some wanky poetry. Uh, he then is about to. Uh, he, he's had, he's made it clear he's having trouble sleeping, uh, and as he's struggling to get sleep, he has some people out in the garden. Uh, it's some it's some ruffians from the local estate. Um, some that is what they live that, near that, a council they, estate. That's how yes, you know they, they're they, not yes. just overly affluent because there's a yes, council estate. Yes, I, I, I want to be very clear. They do tell us that they live on an estate. That's not just my my assumptions. Yeah, so um, that's not. Uh, and they're like, oh, bruv, no, we we was just like looking no. in windows with uh, t- with just, telescopes. And we found we saw you got these berries, and if you cut them open, mate, you can like get real high and stuff. And we berries. You know, what are you the talking dealers. about, Jamie? They're poppy. It's it's a poppy. It's it's okay. a poppy. I don't fucking it's not know. A berry. I, sorry, sorry, I don't know it's not about a berry. these drug things, Alexander. Um, Jerry, Jamie, Jamie is heroin. Something. It's opium. Okay, okay, okay. J- it's Jamie, a poppy. Little boy, Jamie, sitting over in the corner, I know doesn't know what about these bloody things. poppy is. Um, All right. Uh, but yeah, so he makes, uh, they're like, yeah, we wanted to nick these so we can get high because all the drug dealers, they, they specifically say that they think all the drug dealers are getting arrested because they're the only people out on the street. Um, uh, and at this point, Chiwetel Ejiofor does say what I thought was the funniest line of the movie. One of the funniest lines of the movie wasn't supposed to be funny because uh, he goes, oh, I don't really do drugs, but. I did used to do a lot of heroin back in the day. I, that's, a, that's a funny, that's a funny, I think that's meant to be a joke. I, th- I think it's meant to be a joke. I don't think it's, it is meant to, I, think I it don't is. think it is meant to be a funny line because it's a genuine serious part of his backstory. And sure, what but I'm, I think what the I'm film doesn't care about, about his backstory. The film is treating this all as like a weird, you know, it's, that's the, that's the really weird thing about the film. The comedy itself, if you are to read it as comedy, is very light. But the characters are very heavy. And yeah. that it's a very weird thing where they have these characters and they give them like a really intense backstory, but then these jokes will be quite light. So I do think because uh, you can't read a line like I don't do I don't do drugs, but I used to do a lot of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Anything as a like joke. Especially because he proceeds to do the opium. So he like he then is like, Oh yes. man, let's do some I think he smokes it, but I bet so not so he they Smoke some opium. Um, uh, yeah, but he he's he's he he says to them specifically, if you like did like a tiny little bit, uh, would it help you sleep? Uh, and they're like, yeah. So he finally gets to sleep. Um, I want to say at this point, uh, there is a, a worrying trend in this movie of repeatedly playing the Apple iPhone alarm sound very loudly. And I think they really need to recognize how deeply anxiety inducing that noise would be for most people. <laughs> like that's not a fun noise and it plays it very loud multiple times. But yeah, it's the next morning. And uh, his alarm keeps going off, and Hathaway's screaming at him. Uh, but he's 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 in an opium haze, Alexander. Uh, but you know it's not affecting him much because he used to do a lot of heroin, apparently. Um, 
but she's setting up. She's getting on a meeting. Uh, she's meeting with a bunch of other people. This includes Mark Gattis um, and a few other actresses and actors. Um, and she basically announces that they're all fired. Um, again, it's like two days into the pandemic. <laughs> Just don't think everyone was immediately laying off their especially, entire especially company. Not to be rude, but like, don't don't like the conservatives. Obviously, I mean, I'll say that now. But like. The furlough scheme did keep a lot of people in their jobs. Yes, the, like, yes, there was they would there be was furloughed. very little reason to to, to, to lay people off. Furlough yeah. existed. There was basically no reason to lay people off. Uh, but anyway, uh, she lays people off. Uh, they're all very unhappy about it. Uh, we then get our first our first meeting with Ben Kingsley, uh, who is very good fun in this movie. However, I had a deep uh, issue watching Ben Kingsley in this movie because he sounded exactly like my flatmate's dad. Uh, and so the entire Mouse? time I was just picturing um, uh, my flatmate Anna's dad. No, flat, uh, Anna's dad. Uh, I've who, never met who, Anna's dad. I lived with Anna for like uh, two years. Never met. Yeah, um, yes. Uh, <laughs> and now I know what but, he sounds like. Yes, he sounds exactly like Ben Kingsley in this movie, uh, who the entire time is like doing that old person filming only the top half of his face. Uh, It's all very good fun. Uh, He's a religious man, uh, so he starts off with a prayer, but he basically goes, all right, look, mate, uh, I've got a big job coming on. Everyone, apparently, as we all know, in the pandemic, all department stores were moving their stock. It was really important that they couldn't keep their stock where it was. They had to move it. We all know this. This is how COVID worked. It's not like all the shops were fucking closed anyway, so why the fuck would they need to move it? But anyway... Uh, So he's got a couple jobs, but because they're moving big cargo, you know, as we learn later, £50,000 worth. Ooh, so much money of cargo. Um, uh, Because they're moving, uh, you know, high value goods, they can't have anyone with a criminal record. But all my my lads have got criminal records. That's what I do. I'm Ben Kingsley. Um, So basically he wants to set up and say, Paxton, look, uh, I'm going to get you a fake ID. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity for redemption, my son. Um, and uh, I want you to uh, run through and do these jobs for me. He's like, okay, fine, but you've got to give me a promotion or a or a movement out of the truck. So I want to be in an administrative role so I can start making progression in life afterwards. And Ben Kingsley is like, yeah, Ben Kingsley, sorry. Uh, he's like, yeah, sure, mate, absolutely. Um, and moves on. Uh, we then get another Zoom call. <laughs> Seeing a theme yet? Uh, and Anne Hathaway is on the call with Ben Stiller, who is like her big, big boss. Um, it's not particularly important. All we learn is that he's very happy with her having fired and he wants to get her back to New York. Um, and she's like, I'm not really 100%. I want to do that. But uh, cool. Um, also, we get a little fun joke of uh, uh, Ben Stiller's son in the background, so, like putting up a sign saying fuck Venmo for some reason. No, fuck Vermont. It's not fuck Venmo. Um, fuck Vermont um, in the background. For some reason, I don't know about you, Alexander, but whenever I'm on a Zoom call, I'm constantly looking at myself, uh, which means I would be able to see someone putting up a sign saying fuck Vermont in the background. Uh, but congratulations on Ben Stiller of not being that uh, self-indulgent. Um, we then get an argument between them. I can't remember what it's about. Is it? Is this I, when she discovers smoke? He, he discovers her smoking. Oh, right between them. Um, he finds her smoking yes, outside. Uh, yeah. She's stressed because uh, she's like, "Oh, gotta lay all these people off." Really pissed. Um, she's. He's like, "Oh, I smoked heroin." <laughs> and she's like, "What?" 
And he's like, yeah, um, basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, oh, we also learn from this that she uh, she does what uh, Tilda Ledger Falls calls a call it calls a uh, confession avalanche. She's like, oh, in therapy, I've I've learned about this. Is when you confess a thing over and over again. It's called a confession avalanche. Uh, and she's like, she met someone. She it, it sort of maybe indicated that she might have had an affair or at least she did, like she did. flirted. Yeah, um, she she went away on a business trip and and slept with someone and um, went to Paris without him knowing and stuff like that. Um, this all collapses down and eventually he's like, "What do you need from the shops?" Uh, and we get um, probably one of the actual good jokes of this. Uh, he goes to the shops. Oh, also, yeah, again, reiterating how early this all is in the pandemic. He's like, "Have you got a mask?" And he's like, "No." The, yeah, that's yeah. how early this is in the pandemic. He doesn't even have a fucking mask yet. So she gives him his bandana from his old days when he was boy. cool. He was a bad boy when he was. That's younger. right, because he went to jail, um, guys. For oh yeah, we sorry, we should have said on that phone call with Ben Kingsley. It's very much expressed. He also has a criminal record. He uh, got in a fight as a biker or something like that um, when he was younger, uh, and. And that's ended up screwing his whole life because he can't get uh, certain jobs because of uh, his criminal record. Anyway, he goes to the shops. Uh, he, someone walks past, uh, heaving a shitload of toilet paper, and she will let you for just goes, "How many asses do you have, mate?" Uh, which I quite enjoyed. I, I liked that. In terms of jokes in this movie, which are very mm. few and far between, um, you may notice that I have. We are forty minutes into this movie, uh, and I believe I have referenced three of them. Uh, um, uh, so he comes back. He's on another call with um, uh, with Ben Kingsley, uh, who reveals his alias. He's got him a fake ID, and what's yeah. his name going to be, Alexander? Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. And he's like, where'd you get that from? And he's like, oh, it's, it's named after my uncle, Edgar. And he's like... <laughs> Have you, where'd the Alan Poe come from? And he was like, oh, Steve in accounting. He thought it was a good name. And he's like, oh, Steve hates me. He's trying to stitch me up. Uh, but Ben Kingsley has not heard of Edgar Allan Poe. And if he's like, well, if he's so famous, how come I haven't heard of him? And he's like, because you can't fucking read. So uh, to be fair, I sympathize. Um, we then get... Uh, there are then like a bunch of... It, it sort of then moves like... How do they even get to the high section? Like, because it's around. That's the that's that's the thing, Alexander. We are now forty eight minutes into this movie, and the heist not even hasn't started, hasn't been mentioned. There are a couple um, things where, like, so we he, we sort of we vaguely he sold his that. bike. He sold his bike. Oh to yeah, make we money. we've oh we totally forgot uh, very early on. Uh, yeah, he said he's going to sell his bike after the pandemic. That will. I come think back he's, later. No, I think he's got a buyer lined up, uh, and yeah. it turns out. The buyer is Anne Hathaway, which she, she's like, oh, it's gonna be like a farewell present to you that I give you the bike back and the money, and it's like, well, that's kind of fucked up. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, um, no, I think it's that they say like, he says it's, it's gonna like, come from um, Dulé Hill I mean. instead, um, uh, and that comes to a head a little bit later. We also learn around this time that Anne Hathaway's company is the one overseeing the Harrods, the final um, of the three. Uh, deliveries that um, Chiwetel Ejiofor will do. He's doing like one that's worth like 10 grand, one that's worth like 50 grand, and then a Harrods one worth 3 million. Uh, he's going off on the first job. Uh, and I don't know who this actor is. In fact, I might want to look him up uh, because I thought he was fucking brilliant. Uh, the guy who's referenced earlier um, about being the co-worker that hates uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is there to give him the keys. 
um, uh, and he's like, oh, how you doing, Edgar? Um, and uh, he's just an odious fucking man. This guy yeah. is incredible at being just such a fucking wanker. He's yeah. so, like, it's really, really good. And I can't find his name in the uh, credits, which is super fucking annoying. Um there he is, uh, Sam Spruill playing Martin. I want to shout him out because this guy sucks. He's so shitty to Chimitel Edgeport. And he's like, oh, yeah, aren't you fucking excited? Aren't you fucking excited, criminal man? You're going to go and you're going to steal all that stuff because that's, look, just just go and be who you want. Be the, be the degenerate that you are. Presenting Ooh. you in a perfect opportunity. Look, three million pounds. You're going to be the only person there. Why don't you fucking do it, you dickhead? Uh, and yeah, he's, he's just really good at uh, goading uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor in these scenes. I thought he was really, really effective. Um, so Chiwetel Ejiofor goes off on his first um, first run where he is you know, just delivering some goods. He's We get mm. a little bit about how he's you know driving through and the streets are empty and whatever. Um, Anne Hathaway is uh, very drunk on a call with Dulé Hill uh, and his wife. That is why, um, that is when she reveals uh, that she's bought the bike and she wants to have Dulé Hill give it back. Uh, She also almost reveals that uh, the wife is in love with her, uh, but uh, eventually gets off the call. Um, (sighs) Chiwetel Ejiofor comes back. I don't fucking know. They have a conversation at night. There's a lot There's a lot of scenes it's, where they just kind of have fucking conversations. That's, that's the issue with this film. Like, we're counting it on, I see, like, the first half. It's interesting, like, the first half is almost not even really worth recounting because there's no plot there. There's just character stuff. Um, yeah. So it's... Um, so yeah, we are, we are now an hour and one minute into this movie again. Heist hasn't been heist mentioned time, yet. Right, heist time. No, no. Because no, let me get, heist. No, we get You're my absolute back, Jamie, favorite... Heist. We get my absolute favourite fucking scene, which is Stephen Merchant appears on screen for like three minutes and he absolutely yeah. steals the fucking show because Stephen Merchant is inherently a very, very funny man. And so mm. I can't even tell you anything that he does that's funny. He just is someone that oozes comedy. So he's in it for like three minutes and he's fucking hilarious the entire time. Um, he's running the security for Harrods. Oh, that was what was revealed in the conversation before. Um, revealed, she, he mentions that he's doing the Harrods job and she's like... You can't do that with Edgar Allan Poe as your fucking security. I'm running the security for that. I know that won't pass my stringent security. So she's like, okay, it's fine. I'll speak to the Harrods team tomorrow. I'll make it so I'm the person checking you in. No one else. And we'll sort it out. That's why she's talking to uh, Mindy Kaling and um, yeah. and Stephen Merchant. She used to work at Harrods. So she knows them. And she's all like, hey, don't worry, guys. I've, I've got it all sorted. I've done the checks on the driver. All good. Um, we also meet the uh, guy who she fucked, I believe. Um, yeah, he's set. He, yeah, he's um, Michael Essien, I believe, is his uh, name Bastard. in the uh, film. Which, interestingly, is the name of a very famous footballer, and it confused me. Um, but he uh, establishes that they've found a buyer for these Harrod diamonds. So, very weirdly, these Harrod diamonds were getting removed previously already because they needed to move stock out of Harrods. But also now they're apparently being sold, which doesn't really make sense. I don't know why Harrods would sell something like that. But okay, uh, it's a three million pound diamond and it's being sold uh, very, very unfortunately, appropriately given uh, recent news uh, in the footballing world uh, to, uh, well, we are to assume the Saudi government. Uh, He Mm -hmm. said, 
she asks who it is uh and he's like uh, uh darling at this, at this day we, we we don't talk about the who it is but let's just say it's a very rich family from a very rich nation and i think it's very clearly uh, it's supposed to be uh the kingdom of saud um and this could be upsets... could be the king of bahrain could be the king of it bahrain could, it could be the king could of bahrain be... Could be the, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying um, to think of But this else, upsets but uh, Anne Hathaway's character um, ethically. She doesn't like that uh, she is um, uh, sort of facilitating this. Um, we then get a sequence of uh, Chibbles Allegiphor. He gets on his bike and he drives. Bad boy. He, I'm a bad boy He's again. a bad boy been, again. He gets been a, he drives, a, and a crouch he, he goes, tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah. And he, and he goes bike. very specifically to Peckham Rye, Alexander. Right where boy. I live with my parents. And he's a bad boy. He's going back to Peckham. Yeah, I that's right. He gets the fuzz on his tail. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he ends up uh, avoiding the fuzz. But again, he, she's like, oh, what were you doing in Peckham Rye? He's like, oh, yeah, I was just driving down the open roads. I live in that area. No fucking clue where he's driving. They're shit roads. <laughs> there is no big long stretch for him to be driving in fucking Peckham Rye. Absolutely yeah. no fucking clue what this man is the talking about. Corners. He's talking about Peckham High Street, maybe, but Peckham High Street's pedestrianised. So he can't fucking be driving there. Jamie, um, anyway. he's a bad boy. He's just tearing through Peckham High Street, all right? <laughs> um, um, but anyway, so yeah, he's he's a bad... He's got his energy back. Uh, Nan Hathaway mm. is basically like, look, I know... We've had our fight, but right now you're really fucking sexy. And I'm like, fuck you, Chilton Legifor has been sexy in this entire movie. Yeah, not right. just now. He's always been hot. All right, <laughs> uh, but she's like, him. look, you've got to go and do some ironing or something yeah. because otherwise I'm going to jump your bones. And he's like, I'm not going to do ironing. I'm a bad boy now. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, guess we're going to go fuck. So they go fuck. Um... Uh, and once again, I will reiterate, we are now an hour and 12 minutes into this movie. Heist time. Heist time. Heist time. Heist time. I believe, yes. Now, I can say, I'm scrolling through, at one hour and 13 minutes into this two hour movie, the heist is vaguely referenced. Um, It's the next morning, and Anne Hathaway has got out the schematics of, well, she's actually not got the schematics, she's drawing like a plan of Harrods and is like, this is where the diamond's kept and this is the fake. And, um, and uh, the, you know, if we were to go in and I were to get you in here, you know, and he's like, mm. uh, why the fuck are you talking about this? I was like, I'm just walk. What are you talking about? I'm just walking you through how Harrods works. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, but we're good people. And the people we're being sold to is bad people. But, you know, whatever. Um, eventually they do sort of explicitly talk. Well, you know, maybe we could do this. Uh, there's a few uh, important things discussed. Firstly, she has found out that uh, no one is going to check this diamond. It's going to be flown over to New York and then it's just put in a fucking vault and no one checks it, which is insane. Absolutely bonkers that that yeah. would be how this would work. But anyway, uh, sure. no one's going to check it. They also do, re- they mention it. And I feel like they're trying to get away from a very obvious plot hole in this movie, which is, how the fuck are they actually going to sell this thing? Because no, yeah, and and they just they, re- they reference it. Yeah, they they reference it. They go like, well, the chair was selling for it's like, well, even if we were to steal it, like, how would we get the money for it? And and they go, oh yeah, what? 
We're not even talking about it. We're not talking about it. We'll just, make, we'll just decide in the moment whether we're going to steal this diamond. And that's their agreement. In the moment, they're going to decide whether they're going to steal this diamond. Irrelevant of the fact that they will not be able to fucking sell it, Alexander. What no, is their plan? It's, um, anyway. Uh, so, this is an interesting plan. They then proceed to... Jamie, can I ask you, is a heist movie all right? We're an hour in, but that's fine. Yep. Because what we've been doing, clearly, Jamie, is we've been laying the seeds for the crew, right? They're going to get a crew yep. together. They're going to get a crew together, and then they're going to do the heist. They need to get a team of experts with only those expertise that allows them to steal what they need to steal, right? Like heist movie yep. stuff? Yeah, yeah, really yeah. no, definitely. That's definitely what's going to happen next, right? It's definitely not going to be another Zoom call with Dulé. <laughs> No more talking about Zoom calls. Just a um, movie. Nope. So Zoom call with Dulé Hill. He reveals that he's giving a, him the bike, uh, but he does it very poorly. Um, and uh, Chilton Ledger 4 figures out that it's Anne Hathaway. He feels a little bit upset uh, that she's um, sort of patronized him like that. Uh, anyway, we now, they they sort of leave the next day <sighs> and they're like, cool, I guess I'll see you later. Um, and so we get, we get, like four full minutes of just them traveling to Harrods, which is ridiculous. But that means, Alexander, it is an hour and 30 minutes into this rom-com heist movie. And the heist is finally starting. (laughs) But is it going to be, Alexander, of course, they're going to sneak in. It's going to be really tense. And of course, they've really established, Alexander, they've really made it very clear that this is COVID and that they're going to be the only two people there. So, of course... Mm. Harrods is not going to be fucking full of people, all of them not wearing masks, right? That would make no sense for the continuity yeah, of the was, film that they've set up. Uh, the, uh, all the way of this is just, um, like, in a very confusing way. Uh, like, Anne Hathaway puts on a mask and then takes it off and then puts it on and then takes it off and puts it on and takes it off. But everyone else is just not wearing masks in Harrods. And, like, I refuse to believe... Even in the first couple of weeks of lockdown, Harrods wouldn't have some form of masks. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that, again, there's so many people in this building. They've, they've explicitly said earlier that they're going to be the only two people there, which will be true when they get to the point of what they're actually stealing. But there's so many people just all around the place. Anyway, she's uh, with the people up front uh, and she's like, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll get... Uh, Hi, guys. Oh, I miss you guys. How oh, it's been Bye. ages. Oh, I've got my driver. And they're like, going to need to check his ID. Um, no. and, and oh, suddenly, Alexander, all the best heist movies, they have a hitch in the plan. It's, a, it's going off uh, without a hitch. And then there's a hitch because they want to check the ID. How are they going to get out of this one, Scoob? Uh, Anne Hathaway's just going to kind of talk to them. Um, she hands over the ID. She starts looking at the ID, which, of course, says Agar Allan Poe on it. Um, uh, and Anne Hathaway just goes, oh, by the way, I found someone. Oh, and this distracts the um, security lady. Yes, he's a bad boy poet. Um, And with that, uh, they are into Harrods. Uh, They go down. You might think think then they're going to heist, right? No. They're going to wait around for an hour for the heist. Can't heist yet. Got to heist in an hour. They go steal (laughs) some food. These rich people go and steal some food that was going to a food bank. These rich yeah. people, yes. they, they say that all the food in Harrods is going to go to a food bank. That sounds really nice. These and, and, rich and, people then steal food banks. Yes. No, she very explicitly says anything that's not taken is going to go to a food bank 
so take as much as you want. She, that is her literal logic. Um, but also they do this weird thing about like um, holding up things and being like, oh, this is 5,000 pounds. And Anne Hathaway is like, look, we're going to make a dinner and we're going to discuss about value of things and how much stuff is to you, but how much stuff is like monetarily and how much value it has to us. They don't actually end up doing that. I don't know why she talks about that. But also... No, once and then never again. It sounds like it was a yeah. bit they filmed and then never did anything more with. Yeah. And also, she is extremely rich and he yeah. has been yeah. dating and living with someone who is extremely rich. This should not be a surprise to them. The costs of things in Harrods... She worked in Harrods! She's not a down-to-earth person. She should not be balking at, you know, multiple thousand pounds of truffles. That's stuff that should be normal to her. It's a weird attempt to try and make them seem like, oh, they're, they're just one of the people fighting against the machine with their three million pound diamonds um, and five thousand pound truffles. But anyway, um, they have their dinner. They then go up to the roof and they make out. So, romance. Mm. Um, She's, they're, they're like... It said here or somewhere around here. They're like basically debating if they still want to steal it. Because yeah. they haven't decided and, whether or not. Which, which yeah. it feels they, really weird. And they keep saying, this is the moment. And then they don't follow that up. And you're like, yeah, and then they're like, no, no, no we'll, we'll, we'll decide in the moment. Is this the moment? Uh, we'll decide in the moment. We'll know when it's the moment. Um, and then they get taken to where the diamond is being kept. Um, mm. Oh, no. Uh, they get given the, the one in a lockbox, I believe. Yeah. It, it, uh, yes. The real diamond comes out of a vault safe. It, it and like it is hand. being kept. It's being kept in, like, just a tiny handheld suit, like, lockbox with yeah, a three-number no. combo. It looks really suspiciously like where I used to keep my Warhammer figures when I was 10. And uh, <laughs> I, I think that's maybe yeah. a, a downside. Um, it's exactly at some that point, kind of they're in a lift, and in the lift, they've been doing this thing where they in the lift they have to only speak truths. They can yes. ask any question and only <laughs> yeah. speak truths. Yeah, yeah. famous, the famous couple game. And Anne Hathaway is like, uh, there's one bit where Anne, I think some of them were like, what went wrong? And Anne Hathaway said, when we started out, I was looking for a bad boy, and you were a bad boy, and then I stopped wanting that, and you stopped being that. And yeah, and she tells you for this, isn't that good then? And she's like, you would have thought, but no. But nope, I, I, you know, to make this make sense, I would have to spend more time writing this movie and I can't really be bothered to do that because I've got to make this in 18 days. Yeah. So uh, off we go. I was only um, for one draft and therefore you got the first draft is what you got. <laughs> um, and so they end up going to where the fake diamond is being kept. Uh, and <laughs> again, nothing about this makes sense. They're, they're tasked with taking all of this stuff away. The diamonds as well as a bunch of other jewellery and stuff that is in like a display in Harrods. And the fake diamond is in like a water feature. It's like mm. slap bang in the, of like a fish tank. And you'd think if it was being prepared for removal, the plan wouldn't be that the delivery man just rocks up and just takes it out of the water feature with his hand. But that is how it is done. I, I think they weren't looking to remove the fake diamond. I think that's oh, them being sneaky. That, that's part of the heist. Maybe not. Jamie, that's part of this very complicated heist, which just involves them just taking the thing and then putting it yeah, in the it, Yeah, it's just, they they're then, just going to take the diamond. Oh, there's um, a bit so of tension here for a second, up. Jamie, because then Hathaway's yep. like, they're piranhas. Yes, ooh. And so he piranhas in the water feature, but nothing happens. Um, At this so point, he's Mark holding Gassish. up the fake diamond. Oh, no, he's holding up the fake diamond. They. This is then the moment, and they're like, so three million pounds and so that we should be clear they said they're going to give a million pounds each to themselves and a million pounds to the nhs um yeah. uh 
and uh, so he's like, this is the moment, and he's that's what the NHS. Look, if Rich, here's my thing. All right, as a as a fellow communist, all right, you can't fund the NHS by just rich rich people giving him the NHS money when they want uh, to. All right, oh, you got to tax them on that shit. Okay, <laughs> tax Alexander, them sustainably what are you talking over about? a number of years. They're- their plan, as they mentioned later, is to take a million pounds in cash and just drop it off at a hospital. <laughs> That's their plan. And they Which think would go that to the police. money... The police yeah, would be like, I'm sorry, you can't have that hospital. Yeah. The, the doctor's not going to find it and be like, finally, I can give this to the dying also, children. What, 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 what offence is paying you in cash... What fence is going, alright, the street value of this diamond is three million. So first of all, I'm giving you three million, which is insane. Like, it loses a lot of its value when people, you know, when you're selling it illegally. Um, this is nuts. Uh, but um, yeah, so they also, the I'm, I'm just quickly looking up. Uh, yeah, yeah, Alexander, do you want to know what the um, uh, Department of Health and Social Care in England's budget was in uh, 2020, 2021? I'm going to say £20 Two hundred and twelve billion pounds. Yeah. So I don't think a million pounds is gonna make much fucking difference. No, exactly. Like it's fund your healthcare services, people. Uh, but um, don't let anyway. rich people go. Oh look, I can give money when I feel like it. Fuck you. Pay that on taxes. Uh, anyway, so yes, they decide to take it. They take the diamond, and at this point, Mark Gattis shows up. Uh, and he's like, oh, <laughs> Anne Hathaway. He's, he's, he's like, like Anne Hathaway. He's a very talented <laughs> actor who was in Blackadder. Who, you know, I like Mark Gattis. He's very talented. I do like him a lot. Um, who shows up in the most? He's very poorly treated in this film. Um, yes, uh, he he rocks up and he's like Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. I was the only other actor who was living in London that they cast, so I have to be the MacGuffin for this. Um, uh, and he's like, uh, we double checked, and uh, your driver, he's a fake. He's a fake, so uh, the police are on their way. And Anne Hathaway is like, oh, now we have a time limit. Um, and so she just says to Mark Gattis, oh, that's really unfortunate because actually we just stole the diamond. Um, so, oh, you know what? Uh, what we're actually going to do, we're good people. So we are actually still just going to nick this diamond, if that's all right with you. Uh, and you're going to go and lie to the police. So I uh, hope that's chill with you. Yeah. We're going to give some of the money to the NHS if that changes things. Don't look up what the NHS's budget is. Uh, also, mm. how we're actually going to get that money or give it to the NHS. But we're good people. And, you know, the people who are going to buy this diamond, they're bad people. Yeah, so, you know, you know we, need to, we need to stop this. Bold gamble there, Carson. Let's see how it plays out. Uh, yes. So um, obviously, so Mark it plays Gattis out in gets... the best way humanly possible. Yes. Mark Gattis going, yes, love, bandits. Ooh, I love it. The fact that you're fighting against the system. And he goes on a, a bit of a like five-minute rant, rant about this. Not five minutes, like two-minute rant about this. And Anne yeah. Hathaway and to Legend of Fourth just look very awkward about the fact that they are watching him do this. And they're like, nah, just let yes. him do it. It's fine. Just let him do it. Yeah, yeah. And they eventually well, so we, leave. we should be clear that this is a man that Anne Hathaway mere days ago fired fired um, uh, and yeah I felt like the writer felt like he was doing something here because Mark Gattis's whole thing is like he's like oh we're all locked down and I've been locked down and that's really changed my perspective on things but and I really realised that the lives we've been living we were locked down before anyway and we've got to fight back and I'm just like nah mate you've been in lockdown for fucking five days exactly I get and that it also, sucks that you got laid they, off but they then immediately undercut it but with an Hathaway and Tristan Forth making jokes about him doing that. So like, it's an, yeah. it's a. I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. At this point, they then um, leave the Harrods. Uh, uh, there's over the intercom. They, they're yeah, saying they, Edgar Allan Poe to the security office. Edgar Allan Poe to the security yeah. office. 
And you think, oh no, they're going to get him. Well, you don't think that at all because like ten minutes. No, because there's no tension in this movie at all. But also, they are so to be clear, they're removing the diamond, but they're also taking out all of the other things. There was like a whole other exhibit. So at this time, they are pushing a trolley. But as Ed Grant, as Edgar Poe's name is being called out, um, they just ditch the trolley. Now that will come back to uh, why their plan is utter horseshit because that is also stuff that needs to end up on this plane to New York. And it does not end up on this plane to New York. Uh, but security man turns up and he's like, Hey, Grant and Poe! Oh, you left this, mate. You're going to need it at Heathrow. And he's just handing over an ID. Oh, it wasn't... It was all fine in the end. So they just walk out of Harrods. Again, with nothing. Their, their cover is that they're... Is that they were to be taking out this whole exhibit and packing it in the car and taking it over to Heathrow. They no longer do that. They should turn up to Heathrow. And yes, they have the, the box with the fake diamond in it. But they should go, where the fuck is the rest of it? But uh, of course they don't because this movie uh, is half-baked and they don't think about any consequences of their actions. So uh, we get uh, a final little shot. Cheers to Ledger for and Anne Hathaway are now happy. Um, because, of course, again, a million pounds is absolutely life-changing to this CEO who's on 500 grand a year. Um, Did she quit I'm a job? Sure that... Was she fired from a job? I'm, I'm confused. I think, job, right? I think the idea is that if they get this million pounds, um, they'll then, she'll then be able to have the freedom and quit her job. And again, I just think she could have done that anyway. Um, yeah. But anyway, Chilta led you for... Uh, is now happy. He goes out into the streets and he reads happy poetry because, of course, all of the issues about them being a pandemic and lockdown gone out the window now. It doesn't matter. Um, who cares? And so uh, he goes out, he reads happy poetry and everyone's really happy for him. Um, and then the fucking credits roll. Uh, we get a nice little shot of um, uh, of Chibita Legifor making bread over the credits they, they've just got a little montage of children ledge for making bread which again i think is i think it's uh the movie makers attempt to be like look we're just like you remember when yeah. everyone was making bread i was yeah, rich doing so too do. in my multi-million pound house yeah. um but like, anyway so do they not yeah. have a mortgage like again not trying to be a dick not trying to be a dick but how much is left on the mortgage of this house because Oh yeah, that just, that million and a half might just might just cover the mortgage, maybe. Yeah, Ma- I'm not no, convinced. That, yeah, that house is that that house is probably worth five mil, easy, easy. Yeah. Depending on the area of London it's in, that could be worth double that. That could be a ten million pound house. Yeah, it could be it can be anywhere from any really ship out of London, which is definitely not two and a half to ten million. Like it's that's yeah. Um, they cannot be but involved. anyway, everything's fine now because these two rich people got richer by stealing a diamond that they can't sell. That's um, that's the big so... flaw of the film, right? Like, is in theory we're meant to believe that Chuta Leji Fourth, and he is he's treated in the film as low status, right? Like he's yeah, a he's you know wishes he could work in other jobs but can't because he has a criminal conviction. He had been addicted to heroin at some point in his life. Um, you know, Anne Hathaway is high status. We, we don't know if he was addicted, Alex- Alexander. We don't know if he was addicted. He just said that he did, did lots lot of it. Of <laughs> he did a lot of heroin. He wants to be very clear about that. He didn't just do some heroin. He did a lot of heroin. Now, does he show any of the um, uh, symptoms of someone who looks like a former recovering heroin addict? Not particularly, but hey ho. Um, sorry. Anyway, that would have been a better. Honestly, that would have been more tension into the like, that. Half of the movie, if like 
in the heist he was jonesing for if he, if it was like having a bit of withdrawal like and I actually think that would have been probably a bad that would have provided some degree of tension yeah. if like and, and like, he relapsed and like during some COVID level of like, fun as well like this movie just isn't very fucking fun no it's it feels very like, the fact that he told me this was made on a dare it feels like it's made on a dare like it feels like it was a first draft and you know which is not particularly which is an okay first draft there was a review which described it as um, very much less than the sum of its parts. Like, in yes. theory, it's not a bad idea for a heist movie. It's not a bad idea for a... They're two very good uh, leads. The director's, uh, you know, a good director uh, sometimes. All that's not the problem. The, the the problem is, like, it is the script is very uncohesive and that ultimately means yeah. that, like, nobody feels real and, like, nothing really... It, like, both tries to go towards incredibly dark shit and incredibly light shit... And therefore, it's a tonal mess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so let's just talk talk about this movie in general before we get into our well, ratings. Well, before we do uh, that. It, there's, before oh, we do that. Oh, sorry, of course, there's anagrams. Yeah. I, I forget, of course, when we finish the plot, we must do our anagrams, where we take the title of this movie um, and try to make an anagram of it uh, in order to uh, uh, summarize the plot. Uh, and mine, Alexander, um, fortunately, I, uh, la- as with last week, I managed to uh, uh, once again steal an HBO Max uh, subscription and watch this uh, for free. Uh, but if I were desiring to watch it legally in the UK, uh, I would have had to pay £13 to watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, and if I had done that, I would have felt like a clown, Okay. So that is my anagram. Clown. Okay. You know, many people, Jimmy, felt that lockdown was a prison. Okay? That they yeah. were that they were trapped, that uh, it was the state that was keeping them in this detention. And uh, you know what else is a prison, Jamie? Wedlock. That's right. <laughs> wedlock is a prison. That is the message of this movie. They were locked down in wedlock. Look, as someone uh, who on this podcast has famously made a campaign to be your best man, uh, these are not the, <laughs> these are not the opinions I wish you to be expressing. Um, right, so let's talk about this movie in general. There's sort of a big elephant in the room that we haven't talked about, which is just the entire concept of making this movie during the pandemic about the pandemic and both trying to make a light-hearted movie about the pandemic but also sort of being like oh look we understand your struggles that you went through in lockdown and i just think conceptually i won't say it's a thing that is impossible to do but it's a thing that's really difficult to get right and not be borderline offensive and inappropriate i i don't think it quite i don't think it quite trends that far but i do think conceptually it's pretty fucking weird to try and make and release while the pandemic is still happening Mm. a a light-hearted movie about the pandemic admittedly i actually think I would have rather this movie be more lighthearted and fun because I think yeah. the 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 dramatic histrionics and and all the monologuing uh, that that this film has kind of sucks. Um, but I think the lighter it gets, the more disrespectful it gets. So I I think conceptually they kind of painted themselves into a corner on making a movie that I think audiences would be receptive to. 
And unsurprisingly, audiences weren't really receptive to this. I, no. As soon as this was announced, I was like, I don't really want to fucking watch a movie about being in lockdown. I'm well, literally lockdown, still yeah. in it. This came out literally bang on when the UK went back into lockdown after Christmas. And that was a really fucking depressing time. And I don't want to hear about how a fucking millionaire filmmaker on a dare managed to yeah. finance and make a movie during this. It just, it really rubs e- me the even, wrong way. Even if they had kept it for another year, they sat on it for another year and not released it yeah. until 2022. I think it probably would have been better as... Slightly, slightly, not much, yes. better received. I think a lot of the intensity of feeling towards it, it was largely that like people were still right in it. And therefore, a movie about rich people stealing during COVID is not super fun. Um, yeah. I, I, and, and, the, and the fact that they tried to portray Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway especially, as being like the good person. Like, she, we're, we're supposed to sympathise with her because... She feels really yeah. bad about laying people off. No, she's a fucking... I'm, I was about to say some very harsh language that I'm not going to say, but she's an abhorrent human being. Like, she sure. she is... She, like, I don't care that she feels bad about laying people off. I feel absolutely horrible for the fictional people that they're laying off because no, that's a real is, thing that happened to many people. That's the issue, right? Like, ultimately, the... Anne Hathaway in this film is kind of too high status to for me to like a movie about her stealing and getting an extra $1.5 million. She's low status yeah. in that, the, but the only person in this movie who is career-wise below her is Ben Stiller. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was checking. I know that Ben is on his way over here. Uh, so so uh, Ben is in the country of Canada and is on his way over to. Uh, Did you need to be clear? This is flat. a different Ben. Ben All I'm saying is, is we're, not we're, gonna, we're gonna focus in. We're gonna focus in. Okay. Okay. Um, but yes. So basically, my issue is like she's too high status for that to be really sympathetic, and they kind of balance that with Chitlaji for being low status. But these also by association kind of gets pulled up, right? Like he, yeah. It, you know, if he could, but to get this relationship to work, he would. I guess that's the thing, right? Like, he needs the money because the relationship is ending, and therefore he needs to have some money. Um, she needs the money for literally no reason whatsoever, other than like she doesn't like her job. Fine. Yeah. Okay. That 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 Great. she's finally realizing that she might be sure. in an amoral system. It is also that you can't really make money. It's very hard to make art about in while in a thing, especially while in a tragedy or very close to a tragedy, especially movies. Uh, I think novels and I think that poetry or even theatre can do a better job nearer to the time. But because of the nature of film, which is very, very literally representative most of the time, seeing that kind of stuff that close to a thing often is really upsetting. And yeah, and, and, and it's hard to, to it's hard also to like understand what something was about while you're in it because you can't see the thing. So, for example, the only thing, I, the only good piece of art I think about 9-11, I may have talked about this in the episode... Is I think come from a way is the only piece I really like, which is film wise, because it's not film, uh, I guess it's theatre, but it's it's really looking at it from a side view. And similarly, this is too much about COVID and too much in COVID, and also the bunch of unlikable characters. Uh, when we review these films, Jamie, we do so based on yeah. five criteria. We rate the movie out of five. We rate Tom uh, Anne Hathaway's performance out of five. We rate Anne Hathaway on the Anne Hathaway's uh, America's Sweetheart uh, ometer. Which is how we rank yep. how much of a sweet tail she is. 
uh, to America's eyes, as we are the speakers for America. We also decide uh, whether or not this goes. Uh, so we also decide uh, whether uh, any male lead, uh, romantic lead, uh, goes on the Anne's Bans list, and we also uh, decide whether or not it goes into the blanks bank. Uh, so Jamie, what do you yes. think is our five? It, I, 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 I can tell that you not you don't normally do that because you stumbled your way through it. Um, just before I give my number, I do Savage. want to just off, off of the uh, thing you were saying there. Uh, it's also an annoying thing that Hollywood seems to not learn because Hollywood made movies about 9-11 way too soon afterwards. There was that like Mark Wahlberg Boston bombing, Boston Marathon yeah. bombing one like a fucking year later. Like Hollywood seems to not learn the fucking lesson that people don't want to watch these kind of things. And you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I, I don't think this is good. I think it is um, strongly elevated by an extremely magnetic performance from uh, Chiwetel Telegifor that this film did not deserve. Um, and I just enjoyed watching him. Uh, outside of that, like I've said, this this was... I, I even actually... I think expectations is what slightly marred this. I think the drama aspect of it has interesting levels. I don't think it's hugely well ex- executed in this and the whole fact that it's made right in the middle of um, lockdown, really not great. But I think the emotional uh, journey that we are going through with these two characters could be interesting mm-hmm. if that's what I was expecting. But I was expecting a lighthearted rom-com, rom-com yeah. heist movie and it's really not any of those things and that's not my issue with the expectation that's what they've set up by trailers sure. that is what the marketing of this movie is setting me up to experience Give and when i number. don't get that and fuck you when i don't get that i don't like it and so i'm going to give this a uh, i'm going to give it a 1.13 to represent the hour and 13 minutes i had to sit through until <laughs> they even fucking mentioned the heist. Here's the thing. When I first watched this movie, because I watched it back in January as well, um, I was really missing London, so I felt much more positively on it, because I was like, oh, London, I've been there! Uh, so to that extent, I'm going to give it a two. Uh, that's one for, I think, the quality of the movie, and one for its depiction of London. Uh, uh, London, what a city. Um, <laughs> we then move on to our rating of Anna Hathaway's performance out of five. Uh, the issue here is the writing is very bad. She needs to stop working yeah. with Stephen Knight. He, like, honestly, people love Peaky Blinders, but the guy can't write a movie for shit. No. Um, so, no, I, I unfortunately, it's not a good performance because the script is very bad, so I'll give her a two. Um, yeah, I, I think I want to talk about, I, I want to talk about Chiwetel Ejiofor's performance more than I want to talk about Anne Hathaway's performance, because like I say, I think he's fucking great in this, and I want to see him in more naturalistic, uh, yeah. like, contemporary movies, because he's, he does loads of, like, Shakespeare stuff, and he's obviously done things like, um, uh, 12 Years a Slave, which are all fantastic movies, but there is something eminently watchable about seeing Chiwetel Ejiofor play someone who is a real person in 2020 uh, that's really casually, really creates a, mm. such an interesting character. Um, yeah. And with that, he then generates a lot of good chemistry with Anne Hathaway. So I think the stronger part of this movie, despite the rich? terrible writing, is their scenes together. Um, but I think... More, that is more so coming from him than it is from her. Like, say, it's difficult because 
writing how how do you rate an actor when they're not working with things that are good um but also she should pick better projects uh so i'm gonna agree with you i'm gonna take it to a 1.6 um the america's sweetheartometer how far away is is ben because i want i want to know oh, if I, we can get him on the podcast there's like a, a touchstone i have to go American down and culture. get him is the thing um, you have to go down and get him right now no not right now Okay. Uh, last I heard, oh, he's having it's... a shower and coming across about half an hour ago. So, so okay. Well, we'll see. I'm, I, I, I do want to see if we can, even if it means I have to vamp for a couple minutes. I want to see if we can get him on the podcast to ask him about American culture, um, because of course we are keyed into American culture and he is not, despite the fact that he is American. Um, mm. So uh, yeah. No, not a good one. Uh, she's in no. terms of America's sweetheartometer. Uh, of course, America uh, hates people who leave. Um, yeah. She has moved to London. Uh, she does. She very explicitly does not want to go back to New York. That's a sort of plot line that we vaguely, vaguely mentioned. It's not particularly important. Um, they also uh, don't like rich CEOs who lay off people in pandemics. Um, so this is a very weak uh, 0.8 for me. Here's my thing. She's not a CEO. She's like a general manager. And I feel like Americans love Karens. So like, you know, that, that, <laughs> that brings it up to like a two, uh, you know, uh, oh, Americans yeah, t- like people who work the through the pandemic, you know, they, they she's an essential <laughs> worker, clearly. Um, so, so a two. Oh dear. Um, and uh, of course, the Anne's man's list before we get to... Um, uh, the whether we are going to stash away these movies, uh, Alexander. We have the very crucial question because it, for now it is the last person entering the Anne's man's list. So where is Chiwetel Ejiofor going to go oh, on your list? One sec. So I need to pull this up. This is actually an important question for me because, uh, like, I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is hot in this movie. Oh, um, he's so fucking. So... I mean, I I know that I made a joke about it that like, oh, he was hot the whole way through. But no, when he puts on that biker jacket. Oh, boy. Okay, oh so, my my uh, man is oh. sexy and he yeah. he is a reformed man he he may have had bad things happen to him in the past but he is trying to make himself better he reads Hot. poetry he might be a little bit of a wanker in the way he reads poetry but it kind of works for him um so oh there, there's there's a lot going for him uh of course we do split our lists quite distinctly uh between yeah. um the, the not, sexy people and the not sexy the people. So he's clearly nutties. going... Yeah, to that Chris yeah, the hotties Pratt and the nutties. <laughs> <laughs> Venom um, for Valentine's Day. Um, um, so, of course, look, here's my thing. He's going number one on the bullet, all right? He's a man. Oh. All the rest of these fuckers are boys, but but Chutelegia Fourth is a man. Uh, yeah, which I... Which means my, I, I knocks Cooper from yep. Stella out of the top five, but that's fine. Oh, out of the top... So who, who was your previous number one? Uh, Hugh Eats People from Ella Enchanted. Oh, he was all the way down at number three for me. Behind, of course, uh, Matthew McConaughey, the real Matthew McConaughey war hero from Serenity, sure. uh, who I then who I then realized I kind of had to <laughs> knock off the top spot because I realized it was kind of a proxy supporting of the Iraq war. <laughs> and I didn't particularly like that. So I panicked and put Mark Ruffalo at number Jamie, one, who is sexy. Who fought, finding someone who fought in the Iraq war sexy is not the same as supporting the Iraq war. <laughs> <laughs> that is unfair logic. No, uh, no, but, three, of but the reason buzz, I put so. him, the reason I put him at the top was very explicitly because he was a war hero. That's so I true, think that, that does make it slightly dicier. So I needed Mark Ruffalo to 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 do, drop true. him out. But 
I still argue that Mark Gruffalo is sexy. He's a very sexy man. You might disagree. You think he looks like Gordon Brown in that movie. But Mark Gruffalo contains <laughs> multitudes. Where does... Um, but, but... It- Chiwetel for went to my school. So Chiwetel Ejiofor is going at number one on my list. <laughs> and so we cap off our last Ant-Man's entry with a, with a worthy winner so far. The man we believe that Anne Hathaway should be with. Fuck whoever her husband is right now. Fuck her kids. Leave them and go hook up with Chiwetel Ejiofor. I, I still have and Robert De Niro in my top ten. I'm not sure how to feel about that. Um, <laughs> how is it? Why is Robert De Niro for me? Fucking hell! What movie was that? That was The Intern. Um, oh no, I didn't put him on my list because they don't have any fucking sexual chemistry it's in them. Pretty anyway. hot tension. She tries to bang him at one point. Um, um, right. Uh, so with that, we come to the most important final question for now. Alexander, do you believe that this film is going to galvanise humanity to fight back against the aliens? Are you going to stash away this film? No. No, of course not. There is no way I believe this would galvanise humanity to fight back against the aliens other than just making them all really fucking angry. Uh, But I think they would make them angry with uh, other humans uh, and not necessarily with the aliens. Um, so Alexander, when we don't place something in the sta- when we don't stash something away, we must choose something else to galvanize humanity to fight back. So what are you going to choose this week? I feel croissants are underrated. Like I feel I feel people don't give croissants the respect they deserve um, as the king of breakfast foods. All right, like what other breakfast foods can I eat in one hand? A pan of chocolate. Ignore that. But a croissant is an amazing, amazing. You know, it's flaky. You put jam in there if you want, so it can be like a sandwich. In fact, you put ham and cheese in there. That's right. It can also be savoury. A croissant is the king of breakfast foods, and I will fight anyone who insists otherwise. Um, very good. Uh, I was, uh, back home this weekend at my parents' house, uh, to look after the cats while they were out, um, uh, uh, up in Derby visiting my brother. Uh, and so I'm going to put my kitty cats, I'm going to present my kitty cats because they are very cute and they are very soft and I gave them little chin scratches and they liked it very much. And I think that is the sort of energy that we need to bring people together to fight back against the aliens. And so with that, Alexander, that is, it, it, it's not the end, but it's sort of the end, but it's not because we're going to record more episodes, but it's, it's the last of our weekly for, for however long we've been doing this. Um, we started, what, March 2019, something like that. So mm. that's um, two years, that's two years and six months. Goodness Oof. gracious, far too long. Um where we have been weekly reviewing a different project mm-hmm. uh, and while we will have an episode next week where we'll be reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire career and if you've listened to any recent episodes uh, I think you can have a sort of idea about what uh, what we might be uh, feeling about that but of course I'll be coming in with numbers statistics we're going to discuss we're going to look at all of the films that have ended up in our blanks bank from the Anne Hathaway uh, filmography we're going to look at because i've rated all of these down to the decimal place i apparently have a numerical listing of the best to worst anne hathaway movies um and yeah so we're we're gonna sort of discuss anne hathaway's career uh holistically next week but this is our last traditional episode sad 
I mean, we're still going to see each other. That's kind of why we're doing it, yeah. so we can just play video games together instead. But, yeah. um, but um, should we just record that instead? Should we just record us Twitch playing stream. video games? Um, uh, so, dear listeners, don't uh, feel too sad because, firstly, you will be hearing us literally next week and then probably pretty soon after that because Tom Hanks is releasing a film. And when you don't hear us, just think of us two bouncy buddy boys playing on our video games. Aww. Having fun. How close yeah. is Bennett? <laughs> uh, I don't think particularly close. He hasn't texted me. Damn it. So we're not going to get a surprise guest on our last, uh, our last, not last episode. Um, but thank you very much for uh, tuning in and listening across these uh, way too long. Um, and uh, we hope you will still be tuning in and listening as and when these new episodes come out. And you'll join us next week for uh, a nice summary of Anne Hathaway's entire career. Um, but with that... From me, Jamie, and my co-host, Al. It's one more ep in the bank. We spend a long time podcasting, my friend. But when Finch comes out, we will review again. We will review again. Ah! Blank spank. <laughs> <laughs>